0: Good morning. Right. How's everyone doing? I'm just going to let you get on with it, John. Thank you, Joe. What an introduction. When I was a kid, I loved Spider-Man. Actually, what am I talking about? I still love Spider-Man. It gives me great pleasure. i would be lying if I didn't tell you. It gives me great pleasure to be dressed up in this wonderful costume today. Now, when I was four years old, I got my first Spider-Man costume. It, Chrissy it? remembers it. It's, um, it wasn't this one. This one's a little bit better. In fact, do you know what? I loved Spider-Man, and that first costume I got for my birthday, I remember opening it, and I was both really, really, really excited and also a little bit disappointed. Back in the early 80s, when I was four years old, for some reason, the manufacturers of the Spider-Man suits decided that for children's costumes, it wouldn't be a good idea to have a full face mask. In fact, the Spider-Man costume I got didn't have this amazing outfit like this. It had a huge cutout around here all around my mouth and my nose. So when I got it out of the box and put it on, you could actually see most of my face. And not only that, but these eye bits here, in Spider-Man, they're kind of opaque, you can't see through them. In the kids' costume, weren't even there. Totally empty. So it kind of defeated the point of being anonymous when you could wear a Spider-Man outfit and everyone could see most of your face. Having said that, I did love it. It was amazing. It was, uh, it was something that I wore all the time. Kind of uh, wore them to bed as pajamas. Um, when we took my sister to school, I wore it on the school run. In fact, my mum had to like, prize it off me to wash this costume. Sadly, it did perish, and I haven't owned another one since. Until today. <laughs> I'm very happy about this. This actually isn't my costume. Believe it or not, he's not here today. This is Andy Gill's. Now, I didn't want to ask too many questions, but I went around the office earlier in the week and said, does anybody know someone who's got a Spider-Man outfit? And Andy went, yeah, I have. <laughs> so I kind of, I do wonder why Andy's got that costume. Here, I'm going to take this mask off. Oh, it's a bit hot, isn't it? Whew. So um, you may be wondering why I'm dressed like this, because when I was a kid, and I loved Spider-Man as I do today, um, I used to believe that God would grant my prayers to be Spider-Man. Now, let me put this in context a little bit. Um, I grew up in a Christian home Uh, from a very early age. My parents had taught me about Jesus. I knew that God was real, and I had experience of him right from a very young age. But I also loved Spider-Man. So I remember... Um, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you this today, but I do remember in my room, probably, probably about five or six years old at this point, I shared a room with my brother. So when he wasn't in the room, and when I had this room to myself, I would stand against the wall. Like this. There's, there's not, you've got to imagine the walls here. I haven't got a wall. Stand against the wall like this. And I would close my eyes, and I'd say, Father in heaven, I know you love me, please give me powers like Spider-Man. I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding. I actually did this. Standing like that, like this. Hands against the wall. And then, as I waited for God's Holy Spirit and miraculous superhero powers to fall on me, I would try moving up the wall. And because, you know, when, sometimes when you pray, things don't happen first time. I didn't get disappointed. I would try again. By the way, this did happen quite a few times. It wasn't just a one-off. This happened a number of different times. I'd stand against the wall. Father God, I know you love me. I know you want what's best for me. Please help me to be like Spider-Man and climb these walls. (laughs) It's disappointing when your fingers don't actually stick to the plaster. For a six-year-old. I kept praying for a while, but I eventually realised as I grew up that maybe God had other plans for me that didn't require me to climb walls. Maybe he had different things. Maybe he had a different calling for me. Um, Anybody else ever had the same experience? Yes. You used to stand there climbing walls, Chrissy. You went through the back of the wardrobe to find Narnia. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, right, this is confession time. Anybody else? Okay, if you have a similar story of a very simple childlike belief um, that, that didn't quite come, come out how you expected it, put your hand in the air right now. Or oh, a few people. Some people have to think back a long way. <sighs> sometimes, Sometimes our simple, childlike, no-nonsense faith is brilliant. And sometimes... It could be disappointing. Today, we're talking about kingdom kids. We're looking at, carrying on our, our talk of um, the book of Mark. We've been going through the book of Mark every single week. We're now in Mark chapter 10. And uh, verses 13 to 16, a quite well-known passage. Uh, they're on the screen now. And I'm going to read them out to you. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. Yeah, lots of us. It's actually in Matthew, and it's in Mark, um, Luke as well as in Mark. So we hear that we hear this three times, um, and it's a very famous verse. Let the little children come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, and you can read this, and it's a nice little passage. Jesus, you know, he likes the kids. He says the kids can come to him. That, that's lovely, isn't it? Great. But actually, there's a whole depth of meaning here. This, this passage unpacks how God values children, how the children are incredibly important in the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's an amazing thing. So we're just going to spend a few minutes looking at some of the points that come out of this. So people were bringing little children to Jesus. In fact, um, just uh, the, in the passage earlier, um, oh, sorry, yeah. In the passage earlier, um, Jesus was sitting, uh, sitting there and he was teaching the people. And he said, uh, they were talking about children. He said, he was holding a child in his arms. He said, it's better for someone to have a millstone tied around their neck and to be chucked in the water than it is to lead one of these little ones astray. And here he says, do not hinder. Um, that's quite a dramatic phrase when we're talking about children. Um, do not hinder them. Do not stop them. Do not do not get in their way. And it's better for someone to die a horrible death than it is to lead someone astray. That's that's quite serious. It's kind of hidden in there a little bit. Um, when the disciples, you know, Jesus saw that they saw this, he was indignant. And he said, "Do not hinder them." There's um, that's that's quite a serious thing. What does it mean to hinder children? Why are they so important in the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Um, The message version of this is really good. It says, Children are at the very centre of life in the kingdom. I like it, that phrase. Children at the very centre of life in the kingdom. Uh, Jesus blessing these kids is a really powerful signal, and it doesn't just happen here. Um, When Jesus is uh, talking to the Pharisees in the temple in in Matthew, uh, it mentions this, and the Pharisees uh, are getting rather upset with Jesus, and uh, it says, can you hear what the children are saying? And in the background, it describes that the children are jumping around, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to the God most high. So Jesus is sitting in the temple, and the kids are singing his praises. They're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the Pharisees are incredibly upset. They said, Jesus, don't you hear what these kids are saying about you? And Jesus quotes Psalm, Psalms, chapter 8, and he says, um, Out of the mouths of babes and infants will come forth praise. So we've got children who are singing Jesus' praise, calling him the Son of God, and, and uh, Hosanna, Hosanna. And we've got children, uh, children lying in Jesus' arms, and chi- people bringing their children to Jesus. And the disciples kind of think that this shouldn't be happening. They're, they're like, this is an important guy, stop bothering him. But Jesus says, no, children are at the very centre of life of the kingdom. That's incredible. It really, it really teaches us something about God's upside-down kingdom where um, the ones that we would generally consider the powerless, the ones with, with no authority, uh, the lowly children, actually have the most power. They're at the centre of the kingdom and Jesus says, do not ever hinder them. Don't stop them. Don't put things in their way. Don't, don't stop them from coming to me because they are at the very centre of my kingdom. And then he goes on and says, those who don't receive the kingdom like a child will never enter. Now that's also incredibly profound and that, that applies to you and you and I. And I assume most of us in this room today at some point have decided that we're going to follow Jesus. Okay, just Joe. <laughs> uh, we're going to follow Jesus? Yes, because we, we came to that conclusion. We either had it proved to us or uh, we had a sudden revelation or over time we decided that actually, yes, Jesus was in this uh, and God is moving and that he is really, he does exist. Um, but if we don't, become like a child, we'll never enter the kingdom. That's, that's upside down, isn't it? That's the wrong way around. What does it mean to be childlike? Well, I thought it'd be helpful to give you some examples today. So um, last week at Kickstart on Wednesdays, uh, where the kids come on the Wednesday afternoon to the Wickman Centre, uh, Bex and the team got the children to draw a picture of them meeting Jesus. So the, the, it was very simple. It says, draw a picture of you meeting Jesus and imagine what Jesus would say to you. These are some of the results. Let me talk you through them. Okay, so this is a picture by Aaron. That's him and Jesus. Jesus says, hello Aaron, do you trust me now? And, uh, and uh, Aaron says, yes I do, and I trust you. Tell me, your, tell me your dreams, it says there. Tell me your dreams. So Jesus is saying, hello Aaron, do you trust me now? Tell me your dreams. And Aaron says, yes I do, I, I trust you. Isn't that good? Um, there was no priming. The kids were left to their own devices. They weren't told what to say. Well, I just said, we just said, draw a picture of you and Jesus. What would Jesus say to you? Jesus, do you want to be a part of God's family? Me. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that. Very matter of fact. Yeah, I think Jesus is the one in the toga, and the child is the one in the dress, just, just to be clear there. Uh, Jesus, do you want to be a part of God's family? Me. Um, I'm not sure. That's very matter of fact, very brave, very honest to put that straight out there. I love that. How about this one? I believe in you, God, I think that says. I believe in you, God. With a big love heart. Isn't that good? This one, there it is. Me. Who are you? Why are you in my house? Jesus. Stay calm. I am the Lord Jesus. I am here to say, you are my hands, my feet, you are my body. <laughs> Who are you? Why are you in my house? That's amazing. I love that. So like, it wasn't just meeting Jesus; they could have, they could put anything in there. Jesus is coming to their house, obviously in a bit of a, a bit of a kind of magical appearance. There, just uh, just started, just turned up in the house. Who are you? Why are you in my house? But I love the response. Stay calm. In fact, just like all the angels say in the Bible, do not be afraid. I am the Lord Jesus. I'm here to say, you are my hands, my feet, you are my body. Isn't that amazing? And then we've got uh, Jesus. There's a, there's a pointy bit pointed to his head which says thorny crown, if you didn't get that. Jesus, thorny crown. Uh, I will hope to see you in heaven, Louise. Uh, Hi, Jesus. Uh, that's, that's Louise over there. And then, I love you, Louise, and everyone, said Jesus. Isn't this good? So, we gave kids an opportunity just to say, what would Jesus say to you? And here we've got some really down-to-earth, no-nonsense, matter-of-fact responses. And when, we, when Jesus says, you have to be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven, perhaps this is what he means. Dropping all the cynicism. Oh, well, we've got one more. Uh, Welcome to heaven, Sophie. Uh, so your family with touch, hearing, and sight I bring a rainbow. Okay, so Sophie's arrived in heaven. There's Jesus. We've got he's got a crown and a halo, and he brings a rainbow. I love it. It's great, isn't it? Uh, one more. I love you, Jesus. Thanks. Oh, oh yeah. Don't forget the pizza. It's a slice of pizza. That's really important. It's so important. He's got an arrow and a label. Pizza. <laughs> So, we need to be like a child, a simple, no-nonsense faith to come before Jesus to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that's a challenge. When I was five years old, or six years old, in my Spider-Man costume trying to climb walls, it was a no-brainer. It seemed really, really simple. But as I got older, things got a little bit complicated. Life got in the way. Things weren't so black and white. Um... It, it, was, it was a bit more difficult to understand um, what was going on around me. And, and having a simple, no-nonsense faith, a clear belief like that, became a bit more difficult. Uh, this morning, we've been praying for healing. And hopefully, uh, been, we've seen some great results already. People have started to report that God's been moving in their lives. That is incredible. But how many times have we prayed and not seen things? Or when we are praying, do we have that nagging doubt in the back of our heads going, Oh, I'm not really sure this is going to work. I don't really think we're bothering. But what if we could have this simple childlike faith where it's actually just very matter-of-fact, very straightforward? We need to be childlike, but not childish. Childlike, not childish. So in, um, in his famous letter to the Corinthians... Paul writes to the church there um, an amazing uh, passage about love, which we hear about at we- uh, weddings all the time. Love is uh, gracious, loving is kind, does not envy, does not boast. But after that little bit of passage, in the same chapter, he goes on and he says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now, that's a really, really clear Uh, Description that actually we do need to mature. We need maturity. We need to grow up. We can't uh, go on being immature. We can't do all the things that we used to do. And in our faith, we need to get deeper, better roots, go into the ground, grab onto God more. We need to be pursuing him. We can't stay immature forever. So there is a process that we go through. We do need to grow up in our faith. We do need to become mature. We also don't need to be naive. To have a simple faith. It doesn't mean naivety. It doesn't mean stupidity. It doesn't mean kissing your brains goodbye. It means asking the right questions. It means having doubt and asking those questions in, a, in an appropriate way and talking things through. We can have doubts. That's okay. But we can still be childlike. And also, we can drop the cynicism. It is really difficult, isn't it? I confess to you all, I can be quite cynical. I can be quite sceptical about things. It's really easy to dismiss something than it is to accept it, right? Especially in our culture, it's really easy to do that. To say, oh, well, that doesn't affect me, or I don't agree with that, or that'll never work, I don't believe that'll ever happen, or they've got, totally got the wrong end of the stick, I'm not getting involved. We can be cynical. We can. We can be sceptical. It's important to have a healthy dose of doubt in things, and to ask questions, and to seek God, and to ask him questions. But actually... Our cynicism can get in the way. It harbours actually our insecurities. Our cynicism can harbour our resentment. And uh, we can justify our actions and our beliefs by saying, oh, well, well, it's, not, it's just not going to work, is it? But what if we can still be childlike? What if we can still have humility and trust and dependence, simplicity, imagination, implicit belief, hope and wonder? things that kids have in abundance before they learn to grow out of it, before they're educated enough to, to let go of it all. What if we can have all of those things? A sense of wonder again. Childlike, not childish. So we're talking about children. Um, I'm dressed up as a superhero. It would be, it would be uh, really silly of us not to involve children in this, in this talk about kids and kids inheriting the kingdom of God. So... Here they come. They're going to come and join me on the stage. Uh, Can we stand up and give the children a round of applause? Keep it going. Come on. Hey, kids. Come on in. Come up on stage. I'm going to show my support. I've got my Aaron Kids T-shirt on. Come on up, guys. Come on, come on, come on. Hello, welcome. They're still coming. There's more. Squeeze on in. Andy, thanks for alone in the Spider-Man's feet, mate. It fits really well. I might keep it. Come on up. Here we go. Right. I'm going to come down here. Okay, so kids, we've been talking about how Jesus said uh, the children are the centre of God's kingdom. That's you guys. You're not on the sides. Nice supergirl outfit, by the way. High five. Yes. You're not on the sidelines. You guys are at the centre of the kingdom of God. You can do all things through Jesus. And uh, you are really important. So the reason we brought you back in here early is because we, you guys, and, and us here, are going to pray for you guys. Okay, that that's, that's sounding a bit more exciting in my head. Uh, children, we're going to pray for you guys. So adults, please stand up again if you can. That'd be good. Um, we're going to finish this, this talk, this part of the service, because um, we want to pray. And Jesus said, you kids are at the centre. And adults, ad- the adults, we've been learning that we need to be childlike. We need to be more like you. We need to have faith and humility and hope and wonder so that we can just believe in God's word and do the things that he's called us to do. So kids, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Uh, adults, I'd love you to move, move forwards, Come down the front. There's loads of space down here. And uh, children. We're going to pray together, and then I want you to go off in twos or threes down the front here. Grab an adult and just pray for them. We're all going to start praying. I'm going to pray out loud. Uh, The kids leaders are going to be helping you, uh, so you can get into twos or threes and just come down the front and just pray for an adult. Or if you want to, grab a few people and pray for a few adults at a time. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that adults get a sense of childlike wonder, that they have faith, that they have passion. And that uh, they have uh, they have a belief like you guys to be to be childlike but not childish. Do you think you can do that for me? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna pray. Yes, can we do that? Can we pray for the adults? Yes. Okay, brilliant. Right, let's pray together and then we'll get going. Okay, Father, thank you for the children. Thank you that Jesus didn't sideline the kids, that Jesus explained that children are at the very centre of the kingdom and that all of us need to come like children into the kingdom of heaven. We need to have a childlike, simple, hopeful faith. And for those of us who become a bit old and cynical, for those of us who struggle to, uh, to believe that you will do the things you've, called, you've said you will do, God, we pray that you will open our eyes, open our hearts and help us to be childlike again. So as we pray this morning, uh, we ask for your spirit to be here. Help us all to go out from this place having a sense of wonder again. Amen.